Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another episode of Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Duvall. Thanks so much for joining me today. I am so excited about our guest, and I think you are going to just adore her. Not only is she a stellar 10 out of 10 human being, but she has one of the most decorated and impressive collegiate records, I think, in history. (laughs) Um, While playing at the University of Florida Gators, she clinched the 2011 and 2012 NCAA championship points. She received the Southeastern Conference Player of the Year Award in 2012 and 2013 and became the first player in the 21-year history of the award to receive it three times in her career. She was the first freshman in SEC history to be voted SEC Player of the Year in 2010. And in 2011 and 2012, she won the NCAA Tournament Most Outstanding Player. My God, I need to catch my breath. (laughs) Oh, She finished her career with an overall record of 117 over 16 in singles and 38 in zero in the SEC Conference golly allergic to losing folks lauren Embry, thank you so much for joining me (laughs) thanks for having me on the podcast wow gosh thanks for uh letting me talk you into it (laughs) i'm glad i can be a part of it so um i just kind of want to get started with um obviously after your unbelievable college career you decided to make the transition into pros and i think A lot of tennis fans can understand not only is a transition from juniors into pros a really tough one, um, the collegiate transition is as well. So I just want to get into uh, that journey for you and how you uh, found your transition initially into the professional arena. Yeah, like you said, I had a good college career and I was on a great team with great coaches and I was very fortunate to have that support for four years and I think that's a big reason of why individually I did so well but I also was successful because of the people around me and my teammates and my coaches and the university and all the support that I had for four years and then I uh, my dream was always obviously to be a professional tennis player so I finished my degree and decided to go on tour and and moved out to California and traveled. I was fortunate enough to travel with a coach. Uh, we had the best time, but it was very challenging and difficult, I think, for me at first. Um, not only coming from college where you have a lot of the support to, like, you know, um, as a professional mm-hmm. tennis player, you do not have that support all the time unless you're financially very well off or you're doing really well. You're lucky enough to travel with a team. Um, so I kind of struggled with that, of finding the love and joy to to play for myself again. I had never had a, really a problem competing because I love the competition. I love the training part, but sometimes just finding the love for, you know, to be in the middle of uh, the country somewhere playing a match, just you and maybe two other people watching and then find, finding the, the motivation to get up and do it all over again or lose a tough one and get back out there on the practice course. And 
I kind of struggled with that. But once I kind of got past that and had a good perspective, I, I did pretty well, I think, on tour for a couple of years and really enjoyed it. It really helped me grow as a person and travel to a lot of cool places. But um, yeah, overall, I think it, it was a great experience. Yeah, I mean, I I was looking at your uh, page and I saw that you got to your high of 302 in 2015. Um, like you said, you know, traveling alone is not the funnest thing in the world. Did you ever have anyone with you on the road or was kind of your career solely you doing it on your own at that point once you decided to go pro? Yeah. Um, I, when I first graduated college, I was lucky enough to have someone, her name is Laura Gordon. She was my coach for about a little under two years. And I moved out to California. I was training with her and she traveled with me everywhere. So that helped a lot. She was in her um, late twenties. She could relate a lot. And it wasn't just me traveling. She helped tremendously with my spirits, my motivation, you know, the support, the positivity that you need out there. So I was lucky enough to have that. But as soon as we kind of split up, I was trying to do it all by myself and, travel by myself and like I said there's positives and negatives with that um obviously it's a it's a struggle when you're in the middle of nowhere by yourself trying to get from place to place but like I said I I did kind of both it was a mix I had some weeks where I traveled with the coach and then some weeks I was by myself and I liked both I honestly like being by myself and like figuring things out I think it helps you get a little bit tougher mentally and um you know you go through things that you wouldn't normally go through if you had a bunch of people around you or to do things for you, like I know in college, you had that support, which was I was so grateful for. But yeah, most of my success, I think I got in singles to like 230 by the time I was in like maybe 2016, the end of 2015. I'm not sure, but that was with my coach, and she really helped me. So I was really fortunate enough, fortunate to have that opportunity to have people around me to help me um, do well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, fact checked here. Whatever I was reading was incorrect. Sorry, folks. Um, <laughs> I think I got to the in the choose, but I'm not gonna doubt you. So. <laughs> oh no! Whatever I was reading, that needs to be canceled. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I for those who don't know, I actually did a little bit of volunteer assistant coaching at Florida this year as well and I think that's one of the things that impressed me the most was kind of the team atmosphere of just like you're never really alone you're obviously playing something you're playing for something that's bigger than yourself and um I guess for you I know you're such a hard worker and you're such a dedicated person what were some of the things that you would tell yourself like you said when you're alone and you're you lost a tough match and you're by yourself and you have to get back out there the next day. I mean, what kind of things would you tell yourself to get through? I know for a lot of people, that's kind of the hardest part of being alone as well. Right. There's the self-talk. I mean, you spend so much time by yourself, you know? So um, I think just for a lot of the players going through it now and something that I, I wish I did a better job of, I think I did an okay job, but I think if I were to do it all over again, I'd do I'd be better at this is just having a perspective on what on what it is you're trying to do and understand that um, you're a professional athlete, you're going to lose a lot of the time. And as, as long as you're growing from those losses and learning and figuring things out and not just, then it's not really a loss. You can always get better. And I think that I, I focused a lot of the time on in the moment where I should have looked a little bit more at the big picture as far as my wins and losses. And if I played well, if I played poorly, if, you know, how I lost the match instead of just losing and that being bad and winning being good. Um, Cause you can still lose and have a lot of good things to take from it. So 
a lot of that, I think, when I was by myself. I, I did a pretty good job of maintaining a, a pretty um, clear head in mind about just being grateful, kind of, in the position I'm in, like understanding that I would never be here if it wasn't for tennis and it's just one match. And you're, you're essentially just playing a game, as weird as that sounds, but you're out there living your dream, playing a sport. If you lose, you know, you wake up the next day, you're healthy, your family's good. You're in a country you won't be in if it wasn't for tennis. So reminding myself of the, reminding myself of, of that, and then also um, just continuing to keep in contact with you know a coach that I'm training with or family or friends, people that are there to lift you up, kind of when you're not feeling the best after a loss. Yeah, I mean that's that's such an amazing perspective. I think obviously for a lot of young players now, it's. It's hard to not focus on the winning and losing part. I think you're totally spot on with focusing on the process. I mean, especially for you, obviously you had moments in your career like going 38. Was it 38 or 39 and zero where you didn't lose? Like you, you just did not lose. So I can imagine how that mindset would be a little tricky. Um, I guess as far as like physically, I didn't, I didn't see too much information about. Um, things that like held you back and stuff how was your career from like a physical standpoint I know when you decided to stop I think it was in 2017 was it because of injury or was it because you just felt like you needed to stop or yeah interesting question I was fortunate enough where I didn't have too many injuries right after college I tore my hip labrum and had in college I had a wrist surgery and it sidelined me for about five months in my sophomore year. And then the other big one I had a little bit bigger than that was I tore my hip labrum right after I graduated college, right after my career in college. And right before I went on tour, I just went back to Florida, finished my degree in rehab. And that, that set me back about seven, eight months. But other than that, I was, I relied a lot on my physical, on my physicality and being in good shape and, you know, um, playing long points. And I kind of love that. I still love that. And um, that's so I made sure that my body was right. I mean, I treated being a professional tennis player as a job, and my my dad always told me if you do what everybody else does, you're going to be like everyone else. So I woke up a little early, did whatever it was I needed to do, made sure I practiced, recovered, ate, slept, all those things um, to really keep my body in check. And then when I stopped, I really didn't stop because of an injury. I mean, I joke how it was kind of a mental injury. <laughs> I was just like, I was just a little bit, you know. I I made a promise to myself as if I'm going to be a professional tennis player, I'm going to give it my all and treat it like a job. And towards the end, I kind of caught myself not doing that. So I really had to have like a serious sit down with myself and see if this is really what I wanted to do, if this was still my dream. And at the end of the day, at 26 or however old I was, I didn't think it was. And I wanted to do other things with my life. And financially, it was getting hard. I was living out in California by myself. I was feeling bad having um, people support me. My parents were great. And I just wanted something different with my life. And so I had that really hard conversation and it was one of the hardest things I'd done because like, you know, tennis is your whole life from when you're four or five years old, you don't know anything else. So essentially starting over and figuring out who I was without tennis was, was an interesting like concept and um, time in my life. But I think everything, you know, works out. And as long as you do everything with, you know, a hundred percent and it's what you want to do, then then it's all going to be fine. It's all going to work out. 
Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. I think that's amazing perspective, words of wisdom right there. Um, I Before I get into um, where you're at at the stage now in your life, I just want to ask a tough question. <laughs> um, obviously, you've had some great moments in your career, and you've battled against girls who have risen to high ranks in the game. Do you ever sit and wonder if that could be you or... Um, do you ever have moments like that, or is it just kind of in the back of your mind at this point? I would be lying if I said that you don't have – I didn't have moments like that, or people don't, of course. You see your your peers do well, and you think, what if I had played an extra year or two? Would I have gotten that, you know, a lucky break here and there? Would I would have broken through? I could be top 100. You know, the grandstand comes around, and you start to think of those things, or at least I did when I first stopped. I think now that I'm – little bit older and it's been some time I'm I'm okay with it because that's like I said it's their dream but it, it really is not mine anymore and I have different dreams and goals but yes I think yes when I was going through if I should stop or not that was one of the main things it was like I don't want to feel like I'm quitting myself or giving up and I at that moment I can honestly say I don't think I was because I put my heart and soul into what I did um and then it was no longer the dream was no longer really there and I think it's great to see, you know, even college players come through in the in the rankings. And, you know, some of my friends are in the top 100, and I think that's unbelievable. And I respect them so much because I know how hard it is to go out there week in and week out. And um, it's not all glamorous, you know, 52 weeks out of the year. Sometimes you see a snapshot of what it is, and it's, it's not that. So I really respect everybody who's out there, you know, still grinding, still being successful, keeping it um, their dream and their passion and I mean, I think it's awesome, and it's really, it's really cool to see. That's awesome. Um, I mean, I I remember. Obviously, you were a little bit older than me when we were playing, but I remember seeing you on tour, and like you said, you absolutely were relentless on the court. It was so inspiring even for me to see, even though we weren't really friends <laughs> at that time, but just someone who has so much heart constantly. Um, but to pivot here and kind of go to where you're at now in your life, obviously you've had a very smooth transition into coaching um, on the collegiate level naturally with uh, everything you've done in your tennis career. What has the transition been like um, being a former athlete and baller at UF to now being the assistant coach? Is that kind of weird or is that just you're just happy to be back? It actually, I'm, well, it's both. I'm so happy to be back at Florida. I had a great transition on the West Coast, worked at Pepperdine for a couple of years, and was so grateful that I was there. I learned a bunch. And then to be able to be back in my alma mater and, and coach um, with the coach that I played for and learn from him. I mean, he has five national championships under his belt, and he's one of the best in college. So to be on the other side of it and to learn from a career standpoint is I feel so fortunate because I know that opportunity doesn't come a lot. Um, and I make sure that I let Roland and Florida know that a lot, that I am so grateful to be back. Um, because obviously when I was a player, I, I didn't think much about it, but definitely crossed my mind. Like that would be really cool. So the fact that it's actually happening is, is like you said, kind of a dream come true. 
Yeah, I mean, I think the girls would have the same thing to say. Obviously, there's no better person uh, to be out there right now helping them out. Someone so driven, so positive. Um, I, w- I want to ask, and I think people might want to know, are you still able to beat them up now on the court when you're hitting with them? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I want to say yes so badly because I, <laughs> I hate losing to my players, but some of them get me sometimes. I'm not going to lie. I can hit all day. I love hitting in, like, drills and hitting and, you know, training. And then as soon as the points start, it gets a little rough for me. My movement's not there. My accuracy's not there. If I play like a set or two the next day, I'm pretty sore. I mean, I'm still in pretty good shape, but I mean, you know, playing tennis is a whole different beast and I don't do that every day. So definitely a grind. I definitely try my best, but sometimes they get me. Can't believe I just admitted that on live uh, podcast, but (laughs) that's the truth. (laughs) Fitness fit is a little different than college fit. (laughs) Or sorry, than tennis fit. Excuse me. Exactly. (laughs) It's so true. Yeah, so um, going on the fitness topic here, I know you had your Instagram page that gained some traction, actually, Low Fit. Um, you guys should check yeah, her out. Low underscore fit. Check it out. Plug. <laughs> Follow me. Yeah, so um, I guess for lack of a better word, have you always been a fitness freak? Or, I mean, freak is, sounds really bad, but, you know, obviously someone very passionate oh about fitness. freak. <laughs> very passionate about fitness is that something you've always been really dedicated to or tell us a bit about that why you started the page as well yeah. well I have always been into fitness I wouldn't say I've been as into it as I am now just because tennis kind of substituted that I was always making sure I was in good shape and love training but I didn't really think twice about oh I'm in really good you know fitness shape or I have to be in the best shape I just was because that's how you train for tennis um and then as soon as I stopped tennis I was like kind of freaking out about what I'm going to do for exercise and, you know, what, what I'm going to enjoy doing because every, you know, it gets old going to the gym and like running on a treadmill or whatever, whatever you choose to do. So I got super into um, health and nutrition, started educating myself a lot about that, taking classes and um, learned to be pretty educated about what I was doing in the gym and what I wanted to do and how you gain muscle mass and stay lean and fit and all those things. So I was just like, yeah, maybe I can, start a you know fitness page just for fun that's kind of why I did it I didn't want it to take for my my real job I just wanted to post you know some workouts to help people like myself who are once college or professional athletes that wanted to stay you know active and in shape but didn't really know how to go about it so that's essentially why I started it and then yeah it was it was more just to for fun and just to help girl young girls who are making that transition as well because it can be kind of tough mentally as, as well so just kind of um, gained a little bit of traction, but I really just do it for fun. And whoever is on there and they want ideas or workouts, then that's kind of why it's there. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of myself included, a lot of um, your friends and your peers, we enjoyed the page so much. One thing I absolutely loved was when you posted. Um, your food videos as well and your recipes obviously you're someone who is very into not only fitness but health and um, I guess the question I have for you is you've been I think on a correct me if I'm wrong a paleo and keto journey yeah I'm I'm not really specific but yes I'm more on the fasting um, journey than anything I I, um, do intermittent fasting pretty regularly and I eat pretty healthy paleo ketogenic but nothing like super strict i mean i I feel like i'm just balanced and whatever whatever makes you feel good i think there's a certain 
a certain way to to kind of eat, but it's not specific or for everyone. So it's more just a broader natural foods, you know, things like that. Yeah, healthy. I think that's one thing that people misunderstand. Um, my brother was vegan for a little while when he wanted to lose some weight, and I think people have a lot of opinions about um, different ways of eating and foods. But um, I went to, I guess, fun fact for our listeners, <laughs> I went to Lauren's house. Was it two weekends ago, three weekends ago? I think it was three now. Yeah, I love when you come visit because you did help out the gators last, last spring, right? They loved you, so... The fact that you're back and able to practice with them and give them like a pro ball and be just a light of bundle of joy and light of energy is great for them. And then obviously you stay at my house. So it's like a, a win-win for me. It's a win-win. And we get to hang out with Marlon. Lauren has the cutest dog I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, my little puppy that, yeah, he's been asking for you to come back. So you have to make another trip up here. I need to make my way. So we've been trying to figure out what breed Right, because we don't know. Um, we we messaged some famous people on Instagram and said, your dog looks like mine. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> give me the yeah, give me the diagnosis. We haven't, we haven't found that out yet. Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> um, With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So at the end of our segments, what we usually do is um, a little rapid fire segment of just questions that... Um, they're short, obviously feel free to answer as long as you want to, but, um, I have like five or six here that I want to poke your brain on. So, um, my first rapid fire question, what was the best moment of your college career? But, um, 2011, 2012, back to back national championship, um, the, the final match is clinching for the team and just having that moment to celebrate with with the whole university and like you said playing for something bigger than your, bigger than yourself is is a pretty special experience that not everybody gets to 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 have so I'm very grateful that we were in the opportunity to do that so that for sure that's amazing and what was your favorite moment in your professional career I wouldn't say this was a result I think it was just my first year out there after hip surgery I, I went to Europe and traveled for six weeks with my coach and we went to a bunch of 15-25 k's and just figured it out week by week we didn't have any places to stay we didn't really plan much we just went and that was a good learning and growing experience for me so that for sure nice um what is your favorite place you've been to god I know this is probably a tough one to answer <laughs> place I've been to um okay give me 10 seconds I would say honestly I would say Melbourne Australia it's a pretty awesome place yeah I would say can't go wrong with Melbourne have you been to Sydney I have and I really enjoyed that too I just for some reason Melbourne reminded me more of like Los Angeles where I was living at the time and so I just I liked that a little bit better but Sydney's beautiful too Yeah, I when I went to Melbourne and Sydney, I didn't realize that there was a little bit of a rivalry between the cities. Um, when we went to Melbourne, people, were, yeah, when we went to Melbourne, people were like, 
oh, where did you guys just come from? And my mom and I said, Sydney, we loved it so much. And they'd say, oh, better than Melbourne. And we'd be like, yeah. And they're like, oh, no, get out of here. <laughs> oh, God, okay. Well, yeah. I like both. Let's just say that. I don't want to get any enemies. <laughs> yeah, I've probably given myself a few just now. Um, so for our listeners, Lauren is a avid book reader, and I think um, – pretty impressive collection of of uh, material that she reads motivational stuff educational stuff what book are you currently reading right now um, good question because my favorite book is it's called beyond training and it's by ben greenfield and it's a mix of health nutrition the way to train being a professional athlete um it's about autoimmune disease um what vitamins you should take i mean it has literally everything it's probably 400 i'm looking at it now it's 400 pages but i'm going through it so quickly but that's for sure my favorite book a lot of his books are ben greenfield get on it i gotta check him out yeah i'm i'm a very slow reader so i tend to stay away from books because it takes me an hour to read a page but i will get on it because you have said so now (laughs) very informative what is your favorite shot? Shot? Like tennis shot? Favorite tennis shot, yeah. Backhand or I like my I like my backhand down the line. I still I still like it. It's just not as accurate, but it just came kinda natural for me and that was just one that I, I want a lot of points doing. So I'm gonna go with that. Uh, I really relate to that. We love the backhand down the line. We love a good backhand, yeah. <laughs> Describe your perfect day off. Coffee person and very early morning riser. So I would wake up, now that I have a dog, take Marlin for a run, come back, have a nice cup of coffee. Hmm, probably go somewhere and read a book. Wow, I sound so boring and old. Um, (laughs) When I was living in LA, I'd go on hikes. Now I go on like a trail run or something, work out at some point. Um, I like to be active. So my day off is kind of, I can't really sit and do nothing. It's more just finding things to do. Probably meal prep, (laughs) go to Whole Foods, (laughs) go grocery shopping, things like that. But see some friends, but yeah, nothing too sedentary and nothing too crazy. But I like to, to keep it moving and to be active and to be outside. Yeah, and anything with food, I mean, sign us up, huh? Gosh. <laughs> I'll cook, I'll eat, I'll do it all. <laughs> oh, I didn't even have this one written down, but what's your favorite thing to cook now that you've said that? Favorite thing to cook? Hmm. Tacos. I'm a big taco. Like, I really like Mexican food, so I make a health-conscious, like, I buy these siete tortillas and then ground up chicken, turkey, guac, make like a... You know, salsa, veggies, put it all in a taco, avocado, eat it. So good. Simple and so good. And nutritious. Last question. Has this been your favorite interview so far? I'm kidding, Dennis. (laughs) (laughs) You're so great at this. You should should do this, like, I want to say full-time because you're also a badass tennis player, but... (laughs) You should really look into this because you really are killing it, Vicky. <laughs> oh my gosh, if you could see me right now, my shirt is absolutely soaked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you I wouldn't don't... be able to tell, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm glad there's no video on this. Thank you. <laughs> uh, with that, thank you so much, Lauren, for joining me today. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this video. Thank you to our Cracked fans for tuning in. Lauren, you were an absolute treat. You really were.
having me and good luck with the tour and come up to Gainesville whenever you want and good luck with podcasting. You're so great. Thanks so much for thinking of me. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We'll see. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for tuning in.